and welcome everybody to uh, Dicing with Design podcast. Grant and who else do we have here? That's Colin, Colin Gray. And Joe Prince. That's yay, me. Yay for us. Yay. <laughs> <laughs> uh, every time we go on, which is how long, how often are we gonna do this guys? Oh I don't it's think we should turn it to out. a schedule. <laughs> we don't roughly really. roughly <laughs> monthly. A roughly <laughs> monthly. We'll try every week, which will turn into monthly. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> I'm trying, trying, try to have a focused conversation about about games design. Um, so I think we'll start off with what we've been up to in gaming, uh, just as a quick catch up. Call, would you like to start us off? Cool. Uh, well, I have been up to yeah, I've been plenty of gaming the last couple of weeks, hasn't there? Or even more than a couple of weeks. Uh, for anybody just listening to this, uh, sort of in the future or whatever, it's just been Christmas. We're just back from. Uh, uh, New Year break and all that kind of stuff. I've got plenty of uh, plenty of gaming in over the Christmas. Um, what we've been playing, I think the first uh, first one was um, the first new game certainly was uh, Battlestar Galactica. Grant and I and Dylan had a game of that up in uh, up in Inverness. Um, mm-hmm. First ever time playing it. In fact, we had a few games that because we played uh, played with you as well, Joe. Actually, didn't we? Yeah. At the Shed of Dread. Yeah, it was a good good game. My yeah. first, my introduction to Battlestar Galactica, the game, and I didn't see the new TV series, so it was all new to me. Yes. <laughs> yeah, I'd, I'd seen the first series, but that was it. So there was a few spoilers in there for me. Apparently, I wasn't supposed to know some of the things that was in the game, but. Hey. <laughs> but um, yeah, did you? Was there many spoilers, Grant? You know. I think. I think there are a couple of things that get revealed in the first few episodes. Some of the cards made me think, mm, that's you know, that's a bit of a spoiler there. That person shouldn't be alive. That person shouldn't know that's a Cylon. But uh, no, not really. Um, it, it puts across the theme well, but I'm sure we'll talk about yeah. that. Yeah, um, in a later episode, actually. Yeah, exactly. Sure I, I think it's worth, worth a whole episode this. talking about that game. Yeah, definitely. It's, it's got all this kind of, it's the, the kind of unique bits of it, like the secrecy, because uh, there's somebody in the game as a Cylon, so it's just. It's and they cool. might it's not quite... even know it yet. Yeah, the exactly. Yeah, yeah. It's just so different from a lot of other games I've played. So yeah, it's good that mm-hmm. way. Uh, other than that, uh, we've had a game of we had a big game of Advanced Hero Quest, uh, which we're going to talk about a bit more later on. So I'll leave that for the moment. Um, Grant and I had a visit to Static Games in Glasgow and uh, spent a bit too much money over there. Uh, bought mm-hmm. a game called uh, Master Builder, uh, which is a really cool little game actually. Uh, it's quite simple, quite easy, but um, it's quite seems, cheap, I believe. Yeah, totally. Well, it was down from fifty to twenty, wasn't it, in the sale? Uh, and I bought it because uh, this is my eternal quest to find a game that I can uh, convince Kate to like uh, and have um, some uh, some gaming with the girlfriend. Uh, and she actually, well, actually, no, I haven't convinced her to play it yet, so <laughs> I don't know whether that's worked. <laughs> <laughs> uh, 
<laughs> but uh, but yeah, it's really cool. It's basically the, the principle is that um, you're a builder in the Middle Ages and um, you want to become the master builder of all times. So you have to kind of win uh, building contracts uh, and sort of survive events uh, which just kind of mess things up. Hire workers who are either negligent or, or uh, angry, hot-headed, that kind of thing, and ruin uh -huh. your building plans. Um, and eventually you build this, um, the kind of unique bit of it is that you build this 3D village in the middle of the table. So you buy these little pieces that make up buildings, little building blocks, and then build them up so that it's actually a 3D building in the middle of the table. So it's quite cool. Um, but yeah, I'm sure that'll fit into a few of our topics in the, the coming weeks. So, What scale are the buildings? Can you use them for oh, That's exactly my question. <laughs> 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 it doesn't work on 28 mil yeah. scale. <laughs> well, the... Um, Probably not. The buildings, like the tower and stuff like that, are way too small. But do you know what? It comes with uh, it comes with eight city walls, and they could definitely be used. All oh, right, cool. So because uh, they, they wouldn't be they wouldn't be city wall sized, but they'd definitely be dry stone dike sized to a to a dwarf. <laughs> so, <laughs> you just have to yeah, play with the words. Some of it we could use. <laughs> and uh, yeah, I think that was that's with me for the last few weeks. Okay, do you not do some uh, playtesting of a card game? Uh. The oh, what do you mean, Scrabble? I thought you did uh, some got some dungeon dueling in, didn't you? Oh no, no, we never no. actually played that in the end. Oh, did you? Oh, no, I thought, no, oh no, was it Magic no. you played? Yeah, we just played some yes. Magic and stuff. I did yeah. do um, well. I'll talk about. It. I mean, I did play some dungeon duel. I did have a quick game with Russ, testing some of the mechanics. But, uh, okay. Was that your gaming call? Uh, pretty much, yeah. I think we we played a funny game. Was it what was that one called again, Joe? The um, Oh yeah, uh, Adventure Island. Island or something like that. The Forbidden Island, yeah. Forbidden oh. Island. Yeah, we had yeah. a game of that. That was very, very simple, very quick, but uh, yeah, kind of fun. It was a weird game. Is that a bit, it was like a you lay down tiles on the on the table, uh, right. and the the principle is that the, the water's rising, so you've got to try and go and pick up these uh, these relics. And yeah. it's a it's a cooperative game, so you're working with each other to go around and try and. Um, not let the island sink first of all, and then collect the the relic mm -hmm. second of all, and then escape the island before it sinks. Um, so we played it on the novice level, which basically meant it was really easy. <laughs> so I think yeah. it might be worth a go again though, with uh, so it's cooperative at a higher level. Yeah, yeah, yeah. it's cooperative. It's by um, the same guy who did Pandemic, which okay. is like a, a very famous, well-known cooperative game. And yeah, apparently, it's, it's on uh, well, and Tabletop just now, or a couple few weeks ago. Uh, yeah, and apparently it's got some similar ideas, some similar mechanics to Pandemic, so I got that and gave it a go. That was the first time I'd played, was playing with Cole, and then linking into uh, the quest for a game to play with the missus, I actually got Marie to have a play a game of Mid Island with me as well. We had a couple of that. <laughs> nice. Uh -huh. And we started cool. it at the slightly higher difficulty level, not the novice at the beginner level or something like that. Yeah. And, um, and it was a little bit more tricky, but we did still manage quite comfortably to, to beat the game and steal all four artifacts and escape. <laughs> it's a, it becomes a lovely tin, it looks like. That's all I know about it. Does, it does come in a very nice yeah. tin. Yeah. What else then, Joe? I think we're on, we're on to your games though, Joe. Yeah, I think it's, it's pretty much the same as, as everyone else. The big advanced tier request campaign, I've been playing that uh, with Matt and Russ and uh, your good selves when you came over to the mm -hmm. Dread to join in. Um, other than that, I played um, a little bit of a little bit of poker when 
Marie's sister and her boyfriend were were over a couple of weeks ago. Uh, it's the first time we've met, mm-hmm. met Christina and played a few a few hands of uh, Texas Hold'em, which nice. is always good fun. I've not played in ages. Is it? <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, I've got, I've got issues with games that don't tell stories. <laughs> but they win money, that's more important. <laughs> yeah. That's it, that's it, and I do like the Texas Hold'em mechanic, and that's something that I've, I've kind of tried to work into some of my own games and games design, that kind of thing mm-hmm. of like, you know, you don't have to have the best hand or have rolled the best to still succeed or still win, mm-hmm. that's what I kind of like about it, and, you, and it's it's quick, you're always in there. Do you mean the the bluffing, or, the, mean, or yeah. the communal cards? Well, you're playing, uh, the, you're playing your opponent rather than playing their hand. Yeah, the, so the bluffing... Primarily, mm-hmm. oh, the communal cards do help, but they're kind of hard to factor in. Although, one of my games in development, um, which is the working title of Pumpkin Bomb, which I'll probably change to Super Vendetta or something, right. mm-hmm. um, does use does use like a Texas Hold'em based mechanic where you have communal cards and you have based on your superheroes level or your supervillains threat level, you have mm-hmm. your hand cards. Um, so it uses the Texas Hold'em uh, style of rounds. Okay. Yeah, but well, you can bring in your, but it that does tell cool. a story, of course. So yeah, yeah, that's that's one in, in development. Yeah, so <laughs> maybe maybe we'll get a quick uh, game of that um, next weekend. Yeah, we've yes. got a big weekend or five. Well, yeah, big day. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> big night. Yeah. So um, yeah, I think that's about it for for gaming. For me, I've done a lot of kind of talking about gaming and planning. Things talking about maybe starting a warband level Warhammer game stuff like that, but uh, nothing else has, has come of it as yet. So the but the uh, advanced hero quest is the big one. Yeah, major game I've been doing recently. Okay, I think I've I think it's all been completely covered because I've been doing my game with, with you guys. <clears throat> I've been uh, looking at my some models. I've been painting a lot um, just tonight. I'm almost finished. My uh, a few more Warhammer models for uh, basically I've got a sorcerer almost done and I've got the crew from a hell cannon almost almost finished up so we see it on the on the tabletop losing a losing a battle quite soon. <laughs> <laughs> Apart from that, yeah, same as you guys. Uh, I've been uh, looking at looking at the internet just this afternoon. Uh, the the leaks come out from Games Workshop on uh, uh, from the new White Dwarf for the new Warriors of Chaos book and all the new lovely looking plastic crack that's coming out with it. Oh right, when's when's the Warriors of Chaos book rumored for then? Or is it not rumored? It's got no, it's not rumored. Um, the the page that somebody's photographed says that it's. I've retweeted it uh, just uh, just this evening. It's um. Released February second, so it'll be up for pre-release, I guess, uh-huh. next week, and then for for actually out February second. Okay. Oh, well, I look forward to that one. I wish oh, I wish I hadn't bothered buying the Dark Angels book now. I could have saved more. <laughs> <laughs> you do need but to save your money for this stuff. You need to save yeah. Actually, it's mostly plastic, so it doesn't look. It's not awful, except for the thirty-pound book. But hey, that's yeah. not that's not what we're about. We're all about positivity here. Yeah, and with design. <laughs> yeah, well, so, all, I'll, all I'll do is buy the book and then maybe buy Throg if he comes out. That'll oh yeah, there's a Throg. Yep. yep. The Troll King. Troll army, good to go. Mm-hmm. Pure trolls. 
Yes, yeah, so you <laughs> start off a warrior's Akil, sorry, with your existing orc. Existing orc models for you. Yeah. Okay, so are we ready to move on to our, our big topic then? Oh, good. Yeah. Good stuff. Okay, so uh, our main topic today is, as we've already alluded to, our games of Advanced Hero Quest. Hero Quest! Hero Quest. Deep inside another dimension, face battling barbarians and evil magic on a quest for adventure in a maze of monsters. This is Hero Quest, the fantasy adventure game where winning means mastering the arts of combat. I'll use my broadsword. And magic. Fire of wrath. Once you get into it, you'll never be the same. Hero Quest. Now with two new adventure packs, the legend grows. <laughs> is, that, is that the official ad for it, Joe? Broadsword! Fire of Wrath! Oh, you like Broadsword! <laughs> at, this, at this point, we should just insert the audio from the... Uh, from the... Yeah, the classic 80s um, advert for the first... Edition of uh, MB slash Games Workshop Hero Quest. <laughs> yeah, I think we should probably take it from there. Yes, Hero Quest is. Um, it was a, a game designed uh, as a joint design or a joint release by Games Workshop and Milton Bradley Games, and it was kind of made as a made as a gateway game to get kids into uh, miniature gaming, I suppose. Um, well, I guess that would be Games Workshop's perspective. I think Milton Bradley would probably just... It was just a game to try and make some money off the uh, fantasy genre, wasn't it? Yeah, I guess so. Uh, but, uh, but it was a hugely important game, certainly for I mean, for, for me and our generation. I think it's like, it was like our D&D. It was like our Red Box Dungeons & Dragons. That's true, yeah. Yeah, and it was like it was on TV. You saw adverts on TV. For that orc scared the hell out of me. <laughs> <laughs> Brilliant. <laughs> yeah. But for a fantasy board game. Yeah. yeah, I didn't realise it was on TV. It was basically like fighting fantasy in a board game. Uh, yeah. That was how I found it playing. Yeah, and so you would go around a dungeon, you would have to roll two dice, see how many squares you moved, you'd open up doors, you'd search for treasure, you'd, search, you'd find traps and wandering monsters. Uh, you would be able to find treasure and spend it in between missions on, on better uh, weapons, better weapons yeah. and potions. They all came on cards. Uh, played on a big board, uh, basically a fixed board, but where the where the there would be dead ends and uh, doors could move around. So you'd be playing a different map every time. And I absolutely loved it. <laughs> yeah. It was great fun as a kid, and had all the kind of classic elements. There's four um, hero classes that you choose whether you're going to be the, yeah. the barbarian, the wizard, or the elf, or the dwarf. Uh, <laughs> we just rolled up though, didn't we? I'll, do, I'll just say now, I'd never played Hero Quest before at all until two weeks ago, so I, I don't have too much to add to the history of all this. But I thought it was awesome. I thought it was great fun. Yeah. Well, uh, we're not even, we're not even, that's not even the game we played called. Because after that, Games Workshop released themselves Advanced Hero Quest, which is close right, to what we okay. actually played. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> 
See, you were, we, we only managed to corrupt you in geekish ways when you got to uni. Yeah, that's true. <laughs> <laughs> Although, to be fair, if, if I'd met you before then, I would have been equally uh, corruptible. Yeah, no, you were the cool kid, surely. <laughs> no. <laughs> <laughs> um... But yeah, yeah I, we were saying about the character there. We're like, we just mm. uh, we just rolled up our classes, didn't we? I just totally randomly picked my character, and uh, in terms of uh, class and race and all that kind of stuff. So yeah, it was pretty cool. Yep. Um, yeah. So well, that was yeah, that was closer to what you get in Advanced Hero Quest. And Advanced Hero Quest mm. uh, did a little bit of what it said on the tin. It's it, it took that, it moved it to a D twelve system. I don't, I don't know exactly why. Just to be different, I think from from Warhammer, it made a little, made yeah. a little bit more like Warhammer Fantasy Battle. You had similar stats, your weapon skill, your ballistic skill, and all that sort of stuff. Uh, used more Warhammer uh, models, and yeah, just it, it used tiles, uh, almost like a Space Hulk type tiles. Some some missions you could design, uh, pre-design other ones. Were randomly generated. You were exploring this this dungeon, and randomly you would find uh, different types of rooms and corridor sections. You never knew what was around the corner. The longer you spent uh, searching for treasure, the more likely something was to creep up behind you. Yeah, that was quite a lot that it expanded on from the the basic hero quest, which like we've mentioned, just had the four fixed character classes and there was no generating stats or anything. That was just, that was who they were. If you were a barbarian, you always had a, a mind of two and a body of eight. <laughs> it was. Oh, yeah. yeah. Uh, and that was it. But in, in the advanced version, yeah, there was d rules for playing uh, different races, the three uh, classic races, human, elf, and dwarf. Um, no halflings, noticeably. Well, I don't know why. Maybe games yeah. which were just just yeah. <laughs> Why would anyone time. choose anything but a dwarf? Obviously, I mean, surely everybody was dwarfs. <laughs> Dude, you really choose dwarves now. <laughs> <laughs> well, that was only because of the dice. If I'd had free choice, I would have been a dwarf. Oh right, okay, yeah. <laughs> I mean, I mean, when you play fantasy battle. <laughs> well, that's true, actually. Yeah. They yeah, look there's... cool, but <laughs> they don't dull. move. Yeah, yeah. yeah, come on the new book. Come on the new book. Yeah, keep uh, keep hoping for that. Yeah, good yeah. luck with that. If Warriors yeah. of Chaos has been bumped up the list, yeah. What? <laughs> yeah. It just came out like a month ago or something. Oh, jeez. Yeah. Oh well. Uh, so, uh, anything more about the basic advanced hero quest game? Came with uh, came in a box, massive Skavens. box with Skavens. Yeah. Yes. About twenty. Four identical Skaven models, which is what you got from Games Workshop back in the day. Of course, all of the lovely pictures inside the book were of the Skaven models you could build, um, yeah. which you buy and build for yourself, which is exactly what you did, Joe, wasn't it? Yep, that's exactly what I did. <laughs> <laughs> they got, got you. 300, 400 Skaven models. Because <laughs> 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 that was how, um, yeah, because that was my gateway. It was the gateway into Warhammer and the Warhammer world, yeah. like, more than basic. Um, more than the basic hero quest was, and mm -hmm. it gave you all that and a bit of background of the world. And and yeah, like you say, in the box you just had the basic 
monopost gamer models with different. You put different color bases on to show that they were different types. Yeah. <laughs> but then it had all all the lovely Jez Goodwin sculpts of like the eighties Skaven that you yeah. could buy up with all their different weird weapons of poison wind globes and warp fire throwers and Gisele teams and things and then the night runners and gutter runners and things like that. Yeah. So yeah, just as a kid, I would just like gradually try and collect all the Skaven. Just for advanced hero quest, and then it got to the point where I had enough Skaven that I could almost put together a Warhammer army. <laughs> almost, but you had to buy more models. Almost, but I had to, yeah, I had to buy more models. I had to proxy some. So, but I remember going to the games workshop in York when I must have been about I don't know, fourteen or fifteen or something. With uh, probably younger than that, probably thirteen like, for my birthday, and I had like all my Skaven together, and that was just enough to make like a one thousand point army. Um, <laughs> And the guy was was running it from the uh, it would be then the third edition book, like just mm-hmm. telling me all these magic items to take and stuff, and playing out a little game. And it was great. <laughs> but, um, yeah, and there's a similar model with a game called Space Crusade. Space Crusade takes you into warp space to fight the force of chaos, deep in a parallel universe where nightmares are real. Space Crusade, the ultimate adventure game, where you must use all your skill and weaponry. Plasma gun, dreadnought! To battle through infested starships and win the highest rank. The ultimate encounter is here. Space Crusade, now with a new adventure pack. Again, Games Workshop slash uh, slash Milton Bradley, and then then the... Uh, did Advanced Space Crusade, which wasn't nearly as good by themselves. No, no uh, that was that was it. They followed the same um, same approach for that, and the but the basic Space Crusade was great. I used to love that as a kid. That was good, and there was an Amiga game of it as well. I played that popular. one. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, but the advanced version that they did of Space Crusade, they kind of dropped the ball on it. It didn't have the same hooks into the universe. I didn't think. I just mm-hmm. yeah, it didn't work quite as well. Plus, we already had Space Hulk. Yeah, exactly. It was competing with Space Hulk, which, yeah, it was a bit bit daft. So, what was the difference between them two then? Uh, between what? Advanced Space Crusade and Space Hulk? Uh, yeah, exactly, yeah. Uh, well, basically, in Space Hulk, you were playing the best of the best Marines who died really easily. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and in Advanced Space Crusade, you were playing the worst of the worst Marines who were quite hard. <laughs> right. Okay. <laughs> yeah, that's, that's it's space okay. Marine scouts versus Tyranid warriors, and yeah. there are rules for for all these other different types of things. But you got yeah. in the book, you in the box, you got about six Tyranid warriors and yeah. uh, what, ten or fifteen uh, scouts. Yeah. Really. So yeah, an advanced advanced space crusade really suffered from there wasn't really enough models in the box to play it properly. You yeah, you needed, bit, but you really needed to get get a few more, yeah. a lot, a lot more. Oh really? Especially, <laughs> yeah, especially well, especially from the monsters point of view. There's only six monster models. Yeah, and of two different right. kinds. So was yeah. it not like um, it wasn't like Space Hulk and that you got missions and stuff? Was it more? It was more. It was, it was still mission based. Yeah, it was, oh, it it was, was randomly generated. Based, but it was randomly generated as you went uh, through. And, this Tyranid okay. ship, so it was like a living right. ship that you were going through. Yeah, yeah. Um, Do you not have to like pass through teleport sphincters or something to get out? I'm sure there was something like that. Yeah, there was. Sphincters definitely mentioned uh, <laughs> sphincter airlocks. <laughs> that sounds dodgy. 
<laughs> anyway, back to advanced he- uh, hero quests. I think I jumped to jumped the gun a little bit uh, earlier on when I talked to when I was talking about some of the mechanics that we got. Um, so, Joe, can you tell us a bit about how uh, advanced hero mm-hmm. quest works in general? Uh, in general, it's well. How the how, the, classic, how the mechanics work? How the mechanics work? Well, what about a comparison with other dungeon bash games? Or are we going to get to that later? Um, yeah. Okay. Let's do the comparison. I think a lot of the mechanics will come out in that. Yeah, I mean you touched touched on the mechanics before, because yeah. um, what I'm thinking at the moment, what I've been playing at the moment, which um, I didn't mention actually in the recap, is also Wrath of Ashardlon, the uh, Dungeons and Dragons board game dungeon mm-hmm. bash thing, which has a lot in common with Advanced Hero Quest. It's the same kind of deal, same kind of setup. Your adventurers going down a dungeon to kill some monsters, make money, and do great things for yeah. fame and fortune. I, th- I find um, I find the whole premise of it being like an honest Dungeons and Dragons. It's like really, this is what it's designed for anyway. Why pretend anything different? It's about dungeon bashing. It's about creating your your party of adventurers and going and killing stuff and, and <laughs> taking their things from them. <laughs> yeah. Although, are you referring to Rafa Vishalon or um, Advanced Hero Quest with that? <laughs> I'm, I'm referring to, well, the premise of Rafa Vishalon is that. Um, yeah. And that's what, Dungeon, that's what Dungeons and Dragons is. Tell us what Rafa Vishalon plays like. Yeah. Because <laughs> mm. I think you're not as fond as you'd hope to be of it. No, I mean, it's, it's a great box and quite expensive. And to be fair, it. It is what it says on the tin. Like like every other Dungeons and Dragons game I've played, it does contain Dungeons and the Dragon. There's only yeah. one Dragon, I suppose, not Dragon. <laughs> the Dungeons and Dragon. Um, <laughs> and it's 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 similar to um, I don't your question that we both have random dungeon generation. Uh, you have a stack of tiles in the D and D adventure system that as you explore the edge of the board, uh, you just put a random tile down, and then that's the next section. Um, but it's it's very it's very samey. Like every tile you put down will always have a monster on it, and if you don't put a tile down, then you'll always draw an encounter card. And if you do put a tile down, you probably will draw an encounter card. And the encounter so it card it's not just... like the suspense you might get with with advanced piece, with advanced hero quest. If you spend a while searching for yeah. stuff, then you then your your GM. Which is another thing that Advanced Hero Quest has, but uh, Shardlon doesn't. Your GM yeah. rolls a dice and he what, rolls a twelve. And he gets to one pick one. Of, yeah, he gets to he gets to pick up a, a token, yeah. uh, which lets him do something awful to you later on. <laughs> so as you're, cre- it feels like when you're creeping about the dungeon and the and there's mm. two modes of play I think in Advanced Hero Quest. One is when you're just searching around. Yeah, there are literally like, in the mechanics. There's there's you know, the exploration turns, and then when you meet a monster, it goes to combat turns, mm-hmm. and things work slightly differently. Um, but it is a question of pacing. Like you do have that pacing where it starts kind of slow in advance to a quest, and you might you might not meet any monsters for a while. You might go into a load of empty rooms and stuff. Um, whereas a Shardlon, it's like from the outset, there's a monster, there's an encounter, there's a monster, there's an encounter, and the encounters. <laughs> 
are just you just randomly drawn from a deck. Yeah. So it's it's really hard to have any sort of sense of a story happening because it's just like oh some cobalt snipers have appeared. Yeah. Uh, well, now there's a lava flow. Yeah. And now boulders falling on me. It reminds me. Uh, it reminds me. I've gone through a phantasmal rift. <laughs> <laughs> you're like we've only moved three foot. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it's like the, it reminds me of a cover of a Teddy Pratchett novel. Every every there's every chased <laughs> yeah, by seven thousand yeah. bizarre weirdos. Yeah. Carrying something weird and you're poisoned probably as well. Yeah. <laughs> That's it. And it does have a little bit of a Benny Hill aspect to it. Sometimes <laughs> yeah. it's best to just start running and just run when there's some monsters revealed. You're like, well, we'll just like, let's just keep running and keep revealing the tiles and we'll get to the end. <laughs> yeah, that doesn't sound great. <laughs> so it has that. It has that. So I was a bit disappointed with it, especially because I've read lots of good things online. You've got amazing reviews, people like going, oh, this is amazing, this is fantastic. Yeah, but, no, D6G, uh, I think, really liked it. But then they only ever review yeah. things they like. I think they maybe aren't as fussy as, as, as some of us who have less time to play, who find ourselves less time to play games. So is, that, is it, would it be good for adapting Joe into the kind of game where we're playing with Advanced Hero Quest, though? So, like, rather than randomly generating stuff, bring out this certain monster at that time, this certain trap at that time, uh, to, to do a story, to do a storyline game? Like, were the rules quite good? Um, well, there was aspects of the rules that I liked. And so, I mean, it, it's all laid out really well, and it's uh -huh. like you, everything's on cards, so you've got your character card that tells you what you can do and tells you how many powers you've got, and then you've got your power cards, um, which each which, which give you your attacks and stuff. There's not, like, a, to make an attack look-up page. Mm -hmm. or whatever. It just says on, on your card what your plus is and how much damage you do if you hit. Yeah. yeah. Um, Something I love about cards is... Your rulebook can be very, very small because it's all in the cards and you're picking out. Like, I keep on going on about this, I know, but uh, it's yeah. it's something that, that I really see as the future of games or maybe just the present of games. <laughs> yeah, and it, but, and interestingly, that is that was one of the main kind of differences between Advanced Hero Quest and Warhammer Quest, which was the latest version. And by latest, it was still, what, 1990. Eight when it came out. I think. It's, I think it's just come out on iOS last year as well. Really? Yeah, it's out on iPad, yeah. Um, yeah, because Warhammer Quest did that exactly. It had cards instead of tables, which, mm -hmm. which is more handy, but you know, it's not really a major innovation when you... Yeah, it's, it's like it's either on a table or on a card. It's better yeah, to have it. Yeah. It was when games actually were going through their card phase of like putting everything on cards. Like you had Warhammer Battle Magic, where everything was on cards and all your magic items were on cards. Oh yeah. And yeah, uh, yeah. Dark Millennium 40k with all your psychic powers on cards and all your equipment on cards. Hmm. Um, which yeah, it's, it's handier to look at than tables, but it didn't have that kind of old school feel. Um, in the same way, so. I, mean, I liked the I liked the spell caster deck for Warhammer, being able to just set them out in front of you and then actually turn them over when you've used them and stuff like that. It's just quite, yeah, quite useful. Yeah. Well, they're, they're, yeah, the back to that games workshop a little bit with Fantasy Battle and and with 40k as well. They they brought out cards. Oh yeah, they they bring out the cards, but I mean they're purely optional now. Whereas yeah, yeah, in the in the uh, like late nineties, it was integral to the game. You needed that deck of cards. Really? If you lost if you lost one of them, then you couldn't. You know, use that magic deck really anymore because <laughs> it didn't represent yeah the, all the spells available. Right. Um, so Wrath of the Shard one thumbs roughly in the downwards direction. I'd say so. There's it's it's very pick up and play. It's good that everything's in the box. You can pick up and play and like you'll have a look. I mean, 
the last game that I played, I played with Russ, a two-player game, and that was more enjoyable than some of the other games. Um, and you don't need a GM, so yeah, it's very it's very simple, but it's a bit it's a bit too random and too basic. There's no there's no kind of there's no storytelling at all. You don't really your characters are all pre-generated. It's it's almost back mm-hmm. to like barbarian elf dwarf. Back to the kind of hero quest level of simplicity of your characters. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Who did you play it with again, Joe? Did you say? Uh, I played it with Russ. Right. Yeah. Uh, last week. Yeah. Hmm. Played it with me as well. I, I had a good yeah, time. I, I yeah. 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 What I didn't like was the randomness of of the what the types of monsters. I know the the previous one was Ravenloft, which was all undead stuff. Yeah. And they come up with this, and it's an orc. A shambling mouther, a dragon, uh, <laughs> also some kobolds in there. Random. Yeah, yeah, it's very random. And like the, yeah, the game I played with Russ when we finally got our way to the villain's lair, and we were just like, oh, it's random who your villain is. And we're like, oh, it's an orc shaman and his henchmen, two snakes. <laughs> <laughs> we're like, oh, great, they're the weakest kept monsters in the deck. We'll, we'll totally kick yeah. this guy that. <laughs> right, so yeah, any other dungeon bash games we fall under that? Um, probably worth saying a bit, bit more about Warhammer Quest because that, oh, yeah. that, was, that was the follow-up to Advanced Hero Quest and that is Wrath of the Shardlands a lot closer to Warhammer Quest. Like, Warhammer Quest didn't have a GM either. It just yeah. had monsters just appeared and would always act in a certain way like, yeah, moving towards you and hitting you in the face usually. Um, <laughs> yeah. um, which is, you know can work quite well uh, but I think the flexibility of having a, a GM really helps the game and really helps Advanced Hero Quest. Maybe been a bit almost spoilt with it, especially with like when you got someone like Matt who will just invent a load of things and riff off the system, oh, change okay. bits, and yeah, uh, yeah come up with a, a world attached to it where there is like a story and you do kind of care about your characters and actually get more of the role playing element into it rather than it just being a straight up board game. Yeah. Yeah, I think of the other end of things. I've got uh, I just I've got oh, what was the Mantic board game called that I own? Oh, Dwarf King's Hold. Dwarf King's Hold. I got Dwarf King's Hold, the orky one, uh, orcs versus elves. But that's more of a strategy game where you're you're kind of an equal playing field, although it is a a versus mode. You've got one player plays orcs, one player plays elves. And you have a and you have a mission that you're that you're both trying to fulfill your uh, fulfill your your mission objectives. And it reminds me a lot of Space Hulk in that you know you know what the rules are going into it. There's nothing hidden. You've got you've got objectives there. Mm-hmm. Um, but it's an order-based system. Uh, you uh, have you draw tokens, which tells you how many orders you can give uh, to share out amongst your amongst your Amongst your models, possibly yeah, they're quite um, like that, don't they, Mantic? They've gone without that. It's, I've got Project Aurora, yeah. which is very, which is the, the sci-fi version, and that is yeah, yeah. the orders. The orders are what makes it, what gives you the strategy, because that determines how many models you can activate that turn, doesn't it? Uh huh. Yeah. yeah. But it's I don't know. It's something makes me uncomfortable about that. It's just not as 
simulationist as like I can see it's a strategy game, but you've got you maybe have one elf just sitting in a corner somewhere because he's he's not getting orders. Yeah, yeah, he's not getting orders. Like I'm just going to stand here. (laughs) Why? He's meditating to the. See, I I actually quite like that. I thought uh, I know you're saying it's not as simulationist because it's not. Yeah, it's not the way it would work in real life. But it did make it more strategic because you would choose to do certain things. Yeah. And uh, yeah, you can get well. I could suspend belief long enough. I think to I don't know. I really liked King's Hold. Actually, Dwarfs King's Hold. It was just it was good yeah. fun. It was it was quite deep. You could do a lot with it. Yeah, it was just that introductory uh, uh, mission we played. But I really liked to to clip out some more models and actually yeah. get uh, get playing further further on in it. Yeah, definitely. See, that was that's always my issue with Space Hulk because it's. I feel like there's only so many times, so many ways you can play a lot of the missions because basically mm. you've got four guys at the start. He can go forward six. He can go forward six. He can go forward six. Whatever it is, and until you get to a turn, then you've got a couple of options. But still, there's not that many variations. Um, well, especially GCR player, but yeah. remember there's the sort of the semi-order system where you do draw command points in yeah. Space Hulk. Yeah, um, but but they are still pretty limited, aren't they? So What's you can have one, one Terminator. One Terminator can move normally move four squares. Can yeah. actually literally go ten squares ahead. Suddenly yeah. get a burst of speed and move two and a half times as normal yeah. speed. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> There's their simulationist for you. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Um, <laughs> but I, I, yeah, I I think I well, I've, we only played it once, obviously, but I think I preferred it to Space Hulk certainly. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I think we'll we'll definitely have to crack that out at some point. Um, uh, play mm. that again. Yeah, um, I want to play some more Project Pandora as well. I've only, but it's weird because I've only played the introductory scenario and I quite liked it and thought, yeah, it's quite good mechanics. But I've never really felt grips to go back and play it again. Mm-hmm. I'm not really bothered about playing it again. Um, but it's like you say. I think that's that's the big difference from what I'm hearing from Dwarf King's Hold and Advanced Hero Quest. Is like Dwarf King's Hold is um, kind of squad based, warband based, isn't it? You're controlling a bunch of guys. Whereas yeah. Advanced Hero Quest, you've got your character, your hero represents you more. Yeah. And then yeah. you might yeah, hire, you might hire henchmen as yeah. well, but they're, but they're, but you have your avatar. That, that's me. Yeah. 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 <laughs> Uh, which is uh, probably yeah, it's probably why I like Hero Quest more than Space Crusade. That was always go right back to that. It's uh, you had your one guy in Hero mm. Quest, uh, but in Space Crusade, you it was just a squad sort of squad tactics of Marines, game. Yeah. Yeah. Although the, the sergeant was supposed to represent you because the sergeant was a lot more durable than yeah. the Marines. So, but I know what you mean. Yeah, he still had a bunch of guys with altars and rocket launchers and things rather than just you on yeah. your own with your trusty. <laughs> right, at this stage, guys, we're at ten o'clock. Um, how how are we all doing for for time? Yeah, oh, all right, just now. Okay. So, yeah. should we go on to uh, Matt's modif- uh, the modifications that we played and how the the game's been altered? Sure. Can I just ask a quick question? That you were talking about Project Pandora, Joe. I just looked up the yeah. pictures of that. It looks pretty. Uh, looks weird. Is it space based? Yeah. Yeah, it's the yeah, mantic, um, mantic sci-fi setting. So it's got space okay. rats and your corporation marines. Yeah, I'm looking at a picture of a rat in weird metal bionic armor. <laughs> yeah, we put those together, didn't we, Joe? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> cool, yeah, it looks like I could go that sometime, mm-hmm. too. It's like... 
Uh, but anyway, sorry, yeah, go on, go on, Grant. Next subject. <laughs> okay, so next, uh, we so we played Advanced Hero Quest, but we we did change uh, quite a lot, uh, mainly from Matt. Was it kind of collaboration mm -hmm. between yourself, Matt, and uh, and yourself, Joe? Uh, yeah, pretty much. It's something we've been talking about for ages. I just say yourself, Matt, and yourself. Yes, Ross. you did. <laughs> <laughs> Both of you and Matt, right? Yourself, Matt, and Ross. Um, yeah, I think it's probably me and Matt are more involved in the the design and the tweaking side of it because uh -huh. we're you know we're veterans of like Advanced Hero Quest was what both got us both into game and stuff. And we've played it, whereas I don't think I don't think Russ had played it really before um, picking it up again recently. With okay. us. Um, Although he had played uh, Warhammer Fantasy roleplay, which yeah. Matt has borrowed some elements from and brought it into uh, Advanced Hero Quest. Um, as well as some D&D 3rd Edition as well, I think. Yeah, there's bits and, bits and pieces from all over that we've been grabbing yeah. and, and adding in. Uh, a bit from uh, Project Pandora, in fact, as, as the skill for my elf archer character. Cause each, he's, um, Should we start with character creation then? Sure. Okay. Um, well, character creation, you're either playing it straight down the line as it is in the book, which is everything's completely random, even your race. You just yeah. you roll randomly to determine which race you're going to be, um, and then you roll randomly for all your stats. Um, I didn't realise that random race choice was actually the rules. I thought that was just the, yeah. like Matt's general <laughs> approach to games. <laughs> <laughs> no, that's that's, that's in the rules <laughs> by the the letter of the rules. That's what it is. But it's a lot more flexible in terms of like, if there's a model that you really want to play, you're like oh, I want to be this model to to be my guy. Then it'll kind of like mm -hmm. let you choose your race or mm -hmm. change some of your stats around and things. And I I'd suggested to him that that um, for all the stats that come off the same dice roll, if that makes sense, because sometimes you roll d8 plus three, sometimes it's d6. Sometimes it's D4, so I was saying like we we'll roll all the D6s together and then assign them to stats yeah. to give you a bit more control over the kind of character you want. Mm, it's, yeah. Yeah, it's, it's disheartening if you like go, oh, yeah, I want to play a fighter, and then you roll a one for your weapon skill. <laughs> <laughs> and, yeah. um, so that was yeah, a, like a, a modification made. <laughs> yeah, so that's why you became the, a, a magical. Archer dude. Magical there. Archer, yeah. Magical Witch Hunter Archer. <laughs> <laughs> I was quite um, happy with him in the end, actually. It was, uh, it was good fun. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, he performed, performed pretty well, didn't he? Barrel Man. Yeah. Um, <laughs> so, do we then, we then have, so into this, we have inserted um, a sort of a yeah. feat system or skills, what, what yeah. we're calling them. I call them feats call off them. of D&D 3, really. Yeah, they operate like feats. We're kind of referring to them as skills, but yeah, they're not really. So, since you already have weapon skill and bow skill as stats, we probably shouldn't call them skills. Yeah. So it's a, yeah, each character gets an additional feat or talent uh, to make them a bit bit more different because, uh, as it is, sometimes about Syracuse can get a bit generic, like all the characters yeah. feel. Can feel a bit same. Yeah. Yeah, you you and the monster are standing there throwing dice at each other and yeah. waiting to see what happens to your hit points. Exactly. <laughs> Which is pretty dull. Yeah. So yeah, so Matt just said like yeah, everyone can pick an extra extra skill just to give yourself a bit more flavour. So for yeah. um I I think I'm on because we we've actually been playing this campaign on and off for a while. 
although it's only just kind of getting um, momentum. It's recently that Matt's actually drawn up the map of the world and we've decided yeah. where we're, that we're playing in. Um, so I've been through about three, three or four characters already, which is why my current character is really good, because <laughs> he rolled some really good stats, good enough for him to actually survive. Yeah, as I say at the time, Darwinism is in effect there. Yeah, other than... Uh, Whatism, right? Darwinism. Survival Natural <laughs> selection. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Aye. How, many, how many characters have you had before that, Joe? I've had uh, two. two. Two who've died, and then the Elf Archer is still alive. So, right. yeah. yeah. So I've got yeah. So yes, big Henri. He did have an <laughs> identical twin brother <laughs> previously. <laughs> did he yeah. die? <laughs> yes. Yeah, he died down down a Skaven Warren. <laughs> like, <laughs> as you do. <laughs> yeah, as you do. And I was I did have a I was playing a, a troll slayer guy um as well who managed to complete his troll slaying quest and get killed by a vampire. So <laughs> <laughs> well, at least, as long as you completed it, it's fine. Oh, that's, that's well. That's death what, is a that's small what price. Yeah, well, that's what trolls they want, don't they? They want death in yeah. combat in glorious fashion. Yeah, so, that's true. Yeah, yeah. fighting. But the, but the game, but the game's about picking up, picking up what's the gold and getting better stuff. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> I'm sure that's what you really wanted. Indeed, indeed. Yeah. Um, what was uh, your feat, Grant? I can't remember now. I basically ripped off uh, the one that Russ already had because I, I kind of had him down as a mercenary uh, and so I, I took a feat to uh, be able to get mercenaries much more easily, so oh, henchmen, because yeah. that's one I of the mechanics from... Them. Yeah, one hmm. of the mechanics of Hero Quest is, from Advanced Hero Quest is you buy uh, followers to follow you around, so you actually have mm -hmm. a small mini party of your own and you pay their, yeah. their upkeep as long as they survive. If he died on yeah. Yeah. You have to pay. To I, if we if we play, okay. Yeah, next game I'm definitely getting some henchmen. I was yeah. feeling a bit left out with all the just getting one shot every turn, and you guys were all getting like four. <laughs> <laughs> oh yeah, you didn't have any henchmen, did you? You spent yeah. all your money no, on the no. grave route and stuff. Exactly, yeah, yeah. which was useless. <laughs> <laughs> it would have been good if we'd remembered to use it. We just kept forgetting between. Yeah, that's between. true. Yeah. <laughs> so what was yours called? It was like uh, it was a kind of. Um... It was uh, basically a smite undead type of thing, but it was uh, around the story. The storyline was, yeah, exactly. The storyline was that I had a barrel of holy water on my back, and I built, uh, I dipped every arrow into it before I, uh, I fired it off. So yeah, it would do. What was it? It would get an extra dice against undead. Any, any. Yeah, it was a free, a free wound, it was wound, evil. Yeah, was that it? Yeah, it was a second roll. And you got an extra dice. Yeah, yes. you damage, and you did a, you did an automatic point of damage as well. I think against undead and demons. Yeah, yeah, that was pretty. It was pretty good, and you got past. I mean, we didn't meet any invulnerable monsters, which was a shame. But you yeah. got you got past their invulnerability, which is a, a monster um, uh, talent okay. that they can have, right. which is really yeah. annoying if you meet an invulnerable monster because you have to yeah. roll twelve to. to yeah. win them. That's cool. Oh, and I didn't have to roll in the fear table either, or whatever it was. Oh, the, yeah. I didn't have to roll for terrifiedness. Yeah, that's good. That's not yeah. So yeah, I, I liked him. I'm looking forward to playing him again. <laughs> what was his name? I can't even remember his name now. Look up the character sheet. Saul, wasn't oh, it? Saul, yeah, that was it. Solaris uh, something. <laughs> I can't remember. Because you hear how attached I am to my character. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Only one game with him so far. <laughs> okay. So that's with um with our items worth going over, is that 
Mm. Buying items with their gold. I think that's pretty much standard. Um, it's, pretty, it's pretty much standard, yeah. You can yeah. buy buy better weapons between missions if you've got enough gold. But uh, that's it's, the thing that the gold mechanics, the, the economy, it's quite tight in uh, Advanced Hero Quest. You have to be quite lucky to, to um, end up with riches, unlike a lot of other kind of dungeon bash systems or. Yeah, where the, the, where the gold the, ends up meaningless. Yeah, it ends up meaningless because yeah. you can buy everything except the magic items, which you can't buy anyway. So you yeah. just, yeah. Just, well, it was the uh, it was the training I was saving up for because there was a few yeah. of my stats I rolled pretty rubbish on. So uh, I was waiting to be able to spend, what was it, 400 gold or something it takes to raise a stat? 200. 200, 200 yeah. 200, yeah. So, yeah. That's my okay. first stop next time. <laughs> That's it, because there's no XP system in in um, Advanced Hero Quest. It's it is just gold, and mm-hmm. yeah, you, you don't level up. You spend gold to train and improve that way. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, although I think Matt said that he's going to modify that and going to have some sort of um, experience-based system as well. Uh, in terms of so we can try and uh, convince him to give us more XP. It must be it must be missing the uh, the abuse that we throw his way when he doesn't give us enough XP. <laughs> I would never yeah. have expected him to add that into a game. <laughs> I hadn't thought of that actually because it's just that one that one resource that you can build up. It's, yeah. mm. it's quite good that actually. I don't know yeah. if I'd um, don't really go for, for, for XP when it's kind of just a bit streamlined, isn't it? Yeah. It all comes off of that yeah. one thing. It's what it's what you're going for is gold anyway. Yeah, yeah. And it works for everything. Yeah, I quite yeah. like it. You choose you can pay to train or you can pay to get a better suit of armour, please. Oh. Yeah. It's up to you, um, and I suppose there's the fate points as well, which is kind of like experience. If you do really well in a mission, then you, your yeah. fate points increase. Yeah, and they were down. used a lot. Yeah, yeah, you yeah. need your fate points. Yeah, you need fate. <laughs> I'm pretty sure. I'm I, I'm sure it wasn't deliberate, but I'm pretty sure that a couple of the henchmen used like nine fate points in that game. <laughs> I'm sure there was at least one lady henchman that used about four at least. <laughs> I'm sure she was only supposed to have two. Yeah, she but. only used one. <laughs> <laughs> okay. She only used one. No, she, you get them back when you, you get them back when you return to town and rest. So we refreshed right. them all after the after the zombie assault on the village. Yeah. We rested up after that so everyone got their fate back. Uh, oh, so we got some after that after that triple assault from the necromancers. Yeah, that after counted as a rest. That counted as a rest. Yeah, so we got all the fate back. Okay. Oh well, that makes sense. That's why she got so many so many uh, fate points then. <laughs> uh, so, yeah, so she got she got hers back because I think she'd used it during that attack, but then yeah, um, she didn't use it again until the final battle. Hmm. Okay, I cool. that was that candy. Candy. Yeah. Nah. Should we keep okay, we'll keep me the stuff maybe for when we talk about the scenarios? Um okay. uh, should we talk about how we get into the scenarios then? We you've you've got we've got our characters now mm-hmm. and we decided what cool stuff they have. Uh Advanced Hero Quest, I think the standard is you have the current the current dungeon that you're gonna have to get through somehow, isn't it? And then Yeah, and it's normally a three three level dungeon, uh the basic rules would say that it's randomly generated for the first two levels and then usually um, well at least in, in the quests that come with the game then the third level is already pre-done, pre-generated yeah. and uh, has encounters and where the monsters are found um, and traps and things that are already sorted out um, but the, the nice thing is that you can just randomly generate as much as you want um, yeah. As you explore, as you go, 
Um, and sometimes it leads to weird dungeons where you kind of skip through a level entirely because you, you find the stairs down yeah. really quickly. Yeah, so you get out. Yeah. <laughs> sometimes you find like a back way out. Back way out. Um, and sometimes you end up looking for ages and ages and going through loads of like little rooms and having lots of little skirmishes with the monsters. And you run, you run out of down. board pieces that you have to yeah, map them look. out and recycle yeah. them, yeah. <laughs> what do you mean by the last one is pre-generated, Joe? So would there be like maps for final levels yeah. preset? Yeah, and White Dwarf used to do a lot of them. Um, yeah. Back okay. when Advanced Hero Quest was, was popular, and they would be like, yeah, the first two, two levels are... Randomly generated, and the GM has these listed um, character monsters available. And then, it's, and then on yeah. the third level, there will be like the cultists' chamber, and everything's all drawn yeah. out. So you just lays it out as you go. Yeah, yeah. cool. So, well, that makes sense because then, yeah, like you say, if you if you skip out a couple of levels just completely by sheer luck, at least there's one level which will be a bit of a, a battle to get through. Yeah, you'll always have the the final climactic level and then yeah. Um, yeah you always have to find a quest room to get the stairs down I think that's an option for, for um for all the levels but especially for the, the final level you have to end it by coming to the quest room which has always got the most monsters mm-hmm. um, and any character monsters that are kicking about so how did uh, Matt give us the give us our introduction to this uh, to our adventures here, then. Uh, do you remember that call? Through dozens and dozens of zombies, ass. That's what he did. <laughs> well, not straight away. We actually had uh, we had role playing <laughs> story. Yeah. Oh yeah, that's true. That's true. Okay, sorry, I forget about the story. <laughs> zombies. That's what I, I like. believe. I believe. Well, certainly we were. I think we arrived in a throne room, uh, and yeah, then yeah. we had yeah. to do a wee bit of role playing and role play out that yeah. uh, taking up the mission, and yeah. then. Instead of just spending gold on the on our mercenaries, we actually had to go and persuade them. Yeah. And as well as a dice roll, which supported that. <laughs> but were you not a bit a bit miffed at that because you'd taken a skill in hiring mercenaries, and then Matt made you convince them anyway. I slightly to that, yeah. <laughs> and then roll a dice on it. <laughs> I think I did roll a dice thing. I think I might have got. You did roll a dice, and you rolled. Did you, I think you rolled about average, didn't you? Yeah. But, but you did uh, end up getting four mercenaries really cheap. Four basically for the price yeah. of one. It's, yeah, that's that's what that's where the feed comes in. Yeah, it gave me a bonus on that roll, which is fine. Um, and we did uh, a lot of that. They were looking at how to get across country where two, we could take the short but dangerous route. Mm. Or the and long, this, is, this is all um, yeah. modifications that Matt's come up with, like the, the basic game. There isn't any travelling above ground. You yeah. just you just go in a dungeon and fight monsters, and then you go back to town and you're safe in town. Oh, really? He's, he's <laughs> yeah, he's come up with all yeah. the modifications of you know how far apart all the places are, and you've got to travel between them, and you might have wilderness encounters and things yeah. like that. Yeah. Okay. So I think we're yeah. So what happened was we went to as we were spending more time preparing for this, time was clearly <laughs> becoming a resource because he was picking up, he was making notes about exactly how the encounter we're coming across was building up. And we're obviously yeah. more creatures gathering and the defend, and the town yeah. that we had, we had to defend was actually slowly being defeated um, until we arrived he, at the town. Pe- yeah, was he picking up counters by that point, or was that just him saying, "Oh, well, that's one house destroyed. That's another house destroyed." I think it's the equivalent of that. Was he rolling dice? 
I think he probably was. He probably was, and he's probably using the one or twelve system. Yeah. That um, works so well for advanced hero quests that yeah, mm. every expiration turn when you're down a dungeon, or probably like every, you probably do like every day of travel or something. You roll the dice, and on a one or twelve, he gets an extra counter, which yeah. means something bad's gonna happen in the next <laughs> in the next fight, in the next encounter, or whenever he chooses are, to play um, it. Is every, are every single one of those counters uh, an advantage to him? Yeah. Yeah. Really, extra monsters, extra. Yeah. Is it trap, wandering monster, mm. um, fate? Oh yeah, it gives a fate point to a monster. Yeah. Yeah. All right. So, okay. Uh, uh, escape. Yeah. <laughs> so you can, have, you can have a monster escape the battle and character. Oh, yeah. 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 oh yeah, I remember he did that with his little, uh, his little kobold. Um, skink crossbore, wasn't it? Skink it was crossbore little, uh, yeah. yeah, chameleon skink with a poison blowpipe yeah. escape. Oh, was that what it was? Yeah. Yeah. Little, <laughs> little bastard. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, but yeah, we 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 stumbled across the. Oh no, well we went to my monastery first, didn't we? Because my guy was a kind of a yeah, acolyte well, of the recruited God um, of War. Yeah, after we recruited the mercenaries with the help of Grant's character, Captain Captain Smash. Mm -hmm. What was it called? Yep. Um, Wade oh, Smash. Wade Smash. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Maybe we'll, maybe we'll change that for next time. But we will. Uh, okay, so we, we decided to go across country, didn't we? To save a bit yeah. of time. And then we came up with our first encounter, uh, which took the whole took the whole thing out of the dungeon. Instead of using squares, we were using tape measures, mm. um, <laughs> which was quite refreshing, really. I'd always thought you could do that when I was a kid, and never I never got around to actually doing it or finding people to play with. And it's just yeah. I really liked that we had we had a horseman running at us who seemed to have an extra skill of uh, charging right through us all. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. That's the only problem with when you modify the game and stuff. The monsters get really nasty extra skills as well. Yeah. Like the previous dungeon we'd done when we were taking on um, when we and Russ were taking on the, the troll the troll king or the troll chieftain who is leading all these orcs. We were doing really well. We were like we're all bunkered up by the door, ready to fight him. And then Matt goes, "Right, he's got this charge skill. Where he lowers his head <laughs> and he charges at you. And he makes an attack up against all of you as he goes past." Oh my gosh. <laughs> yeah, it's quite but nasty. it does liven it. It does liven it up a bit. Yeah, uh, you can get stuck a bit fighting in doorways, so it's nice to add in a few extra things that uh, yeah. changes that dynamic a bit. <laughs> so yeah, we, we had a, a minor sort of skirmish which we relatively easy got past. I decided to uh, shoot shoot at them from the cover of the woods. Well, I, I ran my guy into into the woods and hid basically all the rest. Of it <laughs> yeah, so and that was, um, that was the equivalent of like a wandering monster encounter, just a yeah, random, so. random encounter. Um, but the, the first kind of major battle that was like the equivalent of a, of a proper dungeon level yeah. was was um, at, at Colin's priest's town, or the town next to his monastery. Yeah, I right next to it, yeah. Yeah, scenario two, where we had uh, basically the centre of a 6x4 wargame table, uh, the, the middle centre section of that taken up with uh, some... Uh, cottages and, and houses to represent this, this village and the inhabitants within. We had some halflings and uh, maybe a hunter and uh, some elves all living in this village and they were uh, all looking out for their own village. We had to s set out our own party 
mm. to try and defend the the village from this onset of zombies attacking. And here we had yeah, zombies actually. Was a lot of zombies. Well. Yeah, they kept on coming. <laughs> I didn't realise that we had um, we had necromancers out of our line of sight. No, none of us realised that. No, <laughs> until, well. until the NPC gave us a really big clue. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Because yeah. I just had it in my head that it was like a, a zombie survival scenario. We've got to get through the night. Yeah, totally. Fight off yeah, the zombies. Yeah. Get to the morning and then we'll be safe. But, mm-hmm. yeah. yeah, this is this is what... I want to talk about this later when we talk about what, what the role of the GM is. Or I think this that may sort of wait for a later episode given we're an hour and 20 minutes in. Um... <laughs> What we yeah so with once we realised it, it was it was quite a it was quite an epic battle wasn't it yeah it was a tough fight because we had to it was tough. at the opposite ends of uh, three sides of of this of this table were necromancers that we had to fight and like yeah. the superior tacticians that were we split off in three directions I think. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah. Do you think I was wondering? Do you think we'd have had trouble with that scenario if they'd all come at once? No, we managed to block off some of them, some of the sides. Yeah, I think we would have had trouble with the door. Yeah. Oh yeah, we used magic to we to. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, we stopped a lot of these zombies coming through for a while, didn't it? From yeah, exactly. It blocked off two mm-hmm. two sides at first, I think, and then one of those sides was overcome after maybe about three or four turns, mm-hmm. and then yeah, the other one after that. But yeah, yeah. Uh, it was it was already kind of uh, yeah. There was plenty of zombies already. Never mind <laughs> whether yeah. they all come at once. Well, I did like how, and in the big departure from uh, advanced Eucharist rules, we had uh, groups of zombies as well as individual zombie models coming. We had yeah. these groups of zombies which uh, moved around in units of six, ranked up like uh, yeah. uh, ranked up three or four wide, maybe eight of them, ranked up like uh, Warhammer units. They had this. Yeah, who would like grab you and drag drag you in a sort of grapple maneuver, and you'd have they'd do massive damage unless someone could break you free or shoot. Uh, yeah. yeah, exactly. <laughs> You're dead. That's <laughs> <laughs> what we would have wanted. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. when I f- I fumbled one of my shots on one of these said zombie mobs as they were attacking another uh, uh, another character's henchman. And uh, yeah, killed the henchman instead <laughs> <laughs> by mistake, which uh, which is another modification that Matt's made into in that the henchmen have a, a chance to grumble or complain oh, or lose yeah. morale or yeah, so they either they might there's a chance they might leave the party or demand extra money to stay if you treat them badly, don't heal them up when they get injured or anything or get their pals killed. Yeah, get their pals killed or promise them free healing and then. Uh, Leave them all dead in a big pile. And there was there was was there not one that was uh, swearing um, revenge on a character? I can't remember who it was. Was that you then, Joe? When you killed? No, was it you that killed, or one of your henchmen that killed the um, the cog, the knight of whatever he's called? No, that was that was my my elf character. Was it your elf guy, right? Yeah, Phelan. Yeah. <laughs> He missed with a shot and yeah, killed the knight of the cogs. Yeah, and then the other henchman hated your elf from then on because of that. <laughs> yeah, he hated, but then he he um, left. He refused to stay with the party. That henchman and disappeared off. He's probably gone to join Roger and his band of brigands. <laughs> yeah, Roger the robber. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> You'll bring him, bring him to Cap us and, and kill him. rob us again. <laughs> yeah. 
So we, uh, yeah, that was that scenario. There's a lot of a lot of elements there. What uh, what with the uh, what the units of zombies, the the out of the out of sight necromancers producing yeah. the zombies. The fact we had to de- defend this town as well as check the NPCs. Yeah, protect, yeah. Check their houses. And the NPC wizard in the middle of the board who was like leading the town's defence, and we had to protect him, and he would help us with his spells if we were close enough. So, yeah, there's a lot going on. It was a good, yeah. a good battle, and it, it took a while to play out. Uh-huh. And then the third, the third and the nicest bit of uh, the scenario design was the stealth mission. Uh, yeah. We had to yeah. get through the valley of the Vargo. <laughs> yeah, that was, was pretty cool. Yeah, so what was it? We had these almost like blip counters from yeah. from Space Hulk. We had bits of cardboard face down, and certain ones of them were, we flipped over, revealed that it was actually uh, sort of scattered around the board, and we had to get from our party from one end of the board to the other, mm-hmm. trying yeah. to avoid these monsters. Yeah, yeah. and there was, well, there was six, six counters, isn't there? And there was one which was the big monster, one yeah. which was a, mm-hmm. a small monster. Or a group of monsters, was it? Yeah. And then, uh, the other, yeah, and then the other four were just uh, noises in the forest, just yeah. distractions. Yeah. So we just still, but we're still trying to hide from noise in the forest because we didn't know which was which. Yeah. Lots of atmosphere <laughs> in this one. It's, it's yeah. something that, that's just brilliant about Space Hulk and uh, yeah. sort of welcome addition here. But we had the additional uh, problem that we're we're trying we're trying to sneak through. Uh, so you can what move your speed. Mm-hmm. Yeah, because I mean, there's no agility stat or there's no no kind of rogue, rogue class or anything like that. So we're yeah. just um, using the speed stat, which is the closest thing to determine how how sneaky, quiet you were. Yeah, but you got so bonuses again, to that when you uh, move slower, when you move yeah. less in your speed, and penalties when you moved moved faster. And uh, those are bonuses to the stealth roll that you had to make. Uh, was it then? Yes. Then, then the blips. Each of them uh, rolled for their rolled to hear a certain distance. If they if they heard you, they go straight towards you. Otherwise, they scatter in a random direction and yeah. off that way. And yeah, I, so up with, I was just going to say the mechanic was that they rolled a distance. You measured that distance. If there was any any of us within that distance that hadn't rolled their stealth roll, i.e., would make a noise, then the Vargoff heard us, wasn't it? Yeah. Or yeah. yeah. Well, that that blip heard you move towards. Oh yeah, of course. What, sorry. Yeah. Whatever that's what that I mean. was. Yes. Um, <laughs> the supposed the possible Vargolf. Possible Vargolf. Yeah. yeah. To begin with, we just we just um, yeah. Most of the party were really noisy, so we're just kind of yeah. clomping through this forest, making loads of noise. <laughs> and revealed one of the blips, and it was just the sound of the forest. That was fine. Yeah. And then uh, my uh, henchwoman, who's been mentioned already, Candy, um, she clomped up, made a load of noise. And well, she just decided to just charge, just reveal this blip, just stormed into it, and it happened to be the ghouls. And it was only one ghoul, and she just like took it out with one hit. Yeah, <laughs> with quite a lucky thought blow. Yeah. So that was quite good. And then we'd managed to a couple of characters managed to sneak around and get to the tomb, and we're trying to find the hidden entrance. It looked like we'd get through, but then one of the blips just randomly we weren't making noise, but just randomly wandered straight onto one of our to my elf henchman who was luckily as far away from the rest yeah, of us. It was luckily far yeah. away from the rest of us, and was um, yeah, had just joined us from the village because we'd helped defend his house. And <laughs> <laughs> he'd come to join us. Foolish and elf. Cold, foolish yeah. elf. 
Of course, it was the Vargulf. Huge <laughs> <laughs> beast that appears, and then um, he did quite well against it. He lasted a couple of rounds and did some damage to it before yeah. it tore him limb from limb. <laughs> <laughs> and then we managed to shoot it to death before it got too close, didn't we? So, yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> yeah. Oh, yeah and <laughs> I think I think for that one. Uh, Probably was a little too safe, but it was the first time we'd done anything. You know, the first time we played that out. Uh, I don't know what do you guys think. Do you think it was a bit easy as it turned out in the end? Yeah, it wasn't half as difficult as we kind of. I think we were afraid of at the start. Like we were kind of sneaking about really carefully at the start, weren't we? Mm. Trying not to uncover anything. But then, yeah, yeah. we killed the Vargolf pretty quick. So it wasn't. I think too much we were trouble. quite lucky killing the Vargolf, though. I think. I mean, do you think? Yeah, I think we were because it had it had loads of. Um, nasty abilities and Play. stuff, but it was we good shot it before it yeah. got close to us. Yeah, yeah, we shot it and managed to get a few crits on it. Luckily, before it got close, yeah. but it had like regeneration and everything, so it would be getting its hits back every round and multiple yeah, yeah. attacks. And it did, it did like eight dice of damage if it hit you. <laughs> <laughs> well, fair enough. So, yeah, that good was job we shot it. Yeah, good job we shot it. But I mean, it wasn't it wasn't anywhere near as dangerous as, as the massive zombie attack. Yeah, but, yeah, but it was still it was a good um, a good scenario choice yeah. and interesting. Yeah, it was good fun. Yeah, just something a bit different, wasn't it? It was like rather than just stumbling through a dungeon uncovering monsters, it's a bit of strategy yeah. to it. Yeah. So the next, uh, okay, the next scenario. I forgot about this. This one actually it was a traditional advanced hero quest. But we'd already found uh, sort of mission. We've already found the map for that, so we actually sort of breezed our way through it. We took a small detour to find some treasure. That was before the Vale of the Wavagulf. Oh, was it? Mm -hmm. Yeah. I saw it was. Oh, yeah, the Vale of Wavagulf was the second, wasn't it? Yeah. The third. Yeah. Or, sorry, hang on. First one was the encounter, the encounter no, zombie with the attack. Zombie attack. Then the then it was the the small dungeon. And then the Vargulf Valley sneaking across. And, yeah, then we're on to the final dungeon. Yeah. Oh, yeah, but, um, was like... After the entrance to the dungeon, wasn't it? We had to fight a few ghouls at the kind of um, the gate. Yeah, to try and get was, through. Yeah, that was the very start. After we was that the very rest, start. Yeah. After we rested in the village, um, after <laughs> seeing off the zombies, then we had to fight a few ghouls at the entrance to the the tomb. Yeah. Well, no, at the entrance to the crypt, and then went through the crypt. But we had the map. We'd luckily found the map, so we knew how to get to the Vale of the Vargulf. Yeah. And then we got through there and then it was the, the final um the final mission at the tomb of Roland hmm. where we had to uncover the evil that was threatening the village and uh, yeah. reanimating the former elders and turning yes. them into evil necromancers. Yeah. And that level was just nasty. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> that was hard. <laughs> Oh, it was nasty. It was just, we learned some valuable lessons. Yes. And, yeah, we did. <laughs> crowding around the door isn't always a good thing when you've got <laughs> traps which are which have really effect. effects. Yeah. Yes. yes, especially when it's uh, turn you crazy and attack your friends effect. Yeah. Oh <laughs> yeah, Matt, Matt, Matt rolled that that trap up and and uh, said, "Oh man, that's really tough." And he didn't he didn't um, hold back at all, did he? No. <laughs> <laughs> oh man, that's really hard. Right. Yeah. You turn and smack him in the face. You, yeah. however, I, I, he made my character go off into one of the rooms and deliberately set off traps, <laughs> which made more more whites appear. 
<laughs> so how many did we lose control of? It was was it three characters? It yeah. was me, you, Grant, and, and somebody else. Henri. Henri was it? Henri yeah. went mental as well. Oh yeah, because he got held in the end, didn't he? he got yeah, captured he got by the, down uh, in the end. Yeah, yeah. The three yeah. remaining characters had. Two and one of the henchmen went mad, mad as well. One of the sergeants. Oh Sarge, yeah, of course I. Sarge, yeah, Sarge, the, Sarge. the legendary sergeant who um, <laughs> just kept on going. Yeah. Who who got knocked off his horse by dire wolves, <laughs> fought <laughs> ten zombies on his own, ghouls. <laughs> he went mad briefly. Yeah. <laughs> the only way we got through that was by uh, Russ's character taking control of those whites. Yeah, the skeletons that that, yeah. that appeared and basically making them stand in the way, yeah, and uh, just making them stand away. So we had this weird reversal where we were controlling the GM's characters, the GM was yeah. controlling our characters. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> we were just waiting for it all to wear off. Yeah, but even even discounting that bit, there's. Basically, the, the process was we had to go through six rooms and open yeah. up um, a bunch of crypts to to find keys, essentially. It was jewels, wasn't it, yeah. for the door, yeah. uh, which you had to get all three to open up the door at the very end. Yeah, so Each half of the rooms were actually useful. It wound up we yeah. had to open up all six rooms. Yeah, exactly. Uh, uh, but but every single crypt had some kind of horrible trap in it that did, yeah, nasty things. Yeah. <laughs> Uh, whether it was sent off monsters or actually just trying to shoot you in the face. Yeah. Something or, horrible. <laughs> or guillotine your hands off. Like, yeah. Oh, yeah. I had to spend a faint point to not have my hand cut off. <laughs> yeah. <a> guillotine. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, no, it was quite good fun, though. It was just, yeah, that was a bit different as well. Not just fighting monsters, but <laughs> exploring yeah. our way through. And it was the, the Temple of Sotek, wasn't it? Which yeah. Probably say. So it had like a Lizardman theme, and uh, Matt was using. It's quite handy to all play Warhammer, so we've got access to all these different races. So yeah. we're using lots of lizardmen guys, Saurus and Skinks, were were coming out of the pools and attacking us. Oh yeah, just surrounding us, yeah, again. Yeah. That was a yeah. lot of baddies when they came out of the two of the pools, wasn't it? Yeah, that was that's a lot. Behind <laughs> us, yeah. And the final mission room was the what the priest of Soltek. Yeah. yeah. And his little the and his uh, really hard lizard main guys. Yeah. Temple guard. He had some temple, temple guard. guard that was yeah. Yeah. And the little skink, uh, blue, uh, poison blue dark guy yeah. who managed to yeah. flee away uh, earlier on. And then yeah. an illusionist, was it? Some kind of. Uh, yeah. I can't remember the other guy, the magic guy. Spellcaster as well, yeah. Yeah. I can't remember what he did now exactly, but. Yeah, he threw, he was, I think he fireballed us at one point. Was that what it was? Yeah. Someone definitely. Uh, yeah, yeah, he did, yeah. Well, that's how my character died. Yeah, think, yeah, he got yeah. killed by a fireball. <laughs> Luckily, we found one one of our randomly generated treasures at the end was something to bring you back to life. <laughs> yeah, very luckily, Soul gem, which we very yeah. kindly used. <laughs> yes, <laughs> we actually debated not using it, didn't we? Because we thought yeah. that uh... oh, role playing it, my character didn't want to because the because using it could have sucked his uh, sucked his soul into the warp. He's quite yeah. happy with stone. Thank you very much. <laughs> <laughs> Smash came back. Yeah, I think we might be a little, a little more disturbed and a little less happy-go-lucky than than, than previously. <laughs> he comes <laughs> back. He stared into the abyss. He knows what's waiting for him. Yeah. 
<laughs> yeah. But I know it was really it was a really good end to the to the campaign. I think it's just good fun. I think the the necromancer almost went down a bit too easy, but I suppose he was always going to be kind of weak, wasn't he? It was more of the his his temple guard defenders that were the real sort of muscle, weren't they? Yeah, yeah, that's that's true. Um, I mean, that's just reflected in most of most of our spellcaster characters as yeah, well. Yeah, they yeah. if they get hit, they're they're weak. Mm-hmm. So if they get shot up, they're in trouble. Yeah, uh, we did quite well because I think we managed to kill Temple Guard and clear so a couple of our archers had line of sight to him and just yeah. shot him. Aye, we took him out before he could do anything too nasty, didn't we? That spell, that nasty spells off first, but yeah. what was it? To... What were? What did he manage to cast? I can't remember now. I'm sure he cast one of those um, withering spells where a character yeah. loses strength every round, and so I think he just just spent a fate point to negate it. Yeah, wherever he cast that on. Was that uh, Matt's uh, annoying little counter that he could cast, cast use even? Is, no, does those those monsters just come with spells? Ah, spell just because he's a, a a big final monster. <laughs> yeah, certain spellcaster monsters just have they have their spells, their components they can cast like two or three spells or whatever. So whenever yeah. you meet them, they're going to cast that. <laughs> yeah, there's a really horrible one that some of the Skaven and some of the Chaos guys get. It's called Choke, where they cast Choke on you, and then by the rules as written, all your character can do is like move one square for three rounds, and then you die. <laughs> 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 unless, yeah, unless the caster's been killed in the meantime. Right. <laughs> so basically, you're relying on your henchmen or your friends. That's yeah. It. Yeah, and, just, and you're hoping, hoping you've got a fate point left because you're probably going to need it. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, suddenly, oh, the spell stops working just by chance. Uh, <laughs> yeah. But yes. yeah, that no, was a really good finish. Yeah. So we're at an hour and 40 minutes now. Um, or roughly, I think we what, started at 10 past nine. Yeah, something like that, yeah. Yeah, so... <laughs> Yeah, so I think I'd, I'd like to have that. Just, I think maybe we should uh, maybe we should stop there for now. Yeah, wrap it up for this this yeah. instalment of yeah. dicing with design. And uh, next session, uh, any plans? We can talk about live games design, then or begin our epic yeah. quest to design the ultimate role playing slash board game card game slash whatever slash yeah well whatever. that's part of what we've got to decide I guess isn't it yeah. <laughs> I think the whole uh, the what one of the things I got from that weekend of gaming was what was thinking of is what is this role of, of the, what, role the GM what does he do because Matt at some point took on all sorts of different roles yeah. um, he was sort of sometimes playing against us sometimes playing sort of for us which is a weird sort of mm, that's a good topic yeah that's Maybe we should do that. We should focus that the role of the GM and GM versus GMless systems. Uh huh. Pet project yep. of mine. Yep. Speaking of which, your uh, speaking of which, article. I do. Yeah, I've got an article uh, which Andrew Girdwood has kindly put up on Geek Native. Um, the article's called "Dicing with Design." In fact. Ah, good. <laughs> good promotion. <laughs> do you yeah, get a wee plug in for the uh, for the podcast there? That's what I thought. Um, <laughs> I don't think I have. I'm not sure if he's if he's linked it up or not. Hmm. Anyway, you, that's an idea for you. Go on there and leave a comment yes, <laughs> that links to the podcast, and then it'll look Indeed. like more people like it. <laughs> it's like, oh, there's a. Do you know there's a podcast called that? Yeah. So, yeah, it's interesting. Yeah. 
So that's yeah, that's my take on uh, how to design a GMless game, all the things you need to consider a GMless role-playing game. Yeah, yeah. Is that kind of a, t- a continuation of the last one you had on Geek Native? Then, because yeah. your last one mm-hmm. was GM versus GMless, wasn't it? Yeah, it was like it's at the end of GMs as we know it. Yeah. The future of games design. So this this one's yeah, what I think makes a GMless game and what things you need to do. And there is some discussion of the the GM role. You know what holes you need to plug if you take that safety net away. Mm-hmm. Yeah, because basically, I think that's what a GM is in a lot of cases. Is in a lot of our RPGs, the GM is the safety net. Yeah, fix the system for all the bits that the designer couldn't be bothered to do properly. <laughs> yeah, yeah, <laughs> yeah. Plug the gaps, make it more fun, basically. <laughs> yeah, cheat. So it turns something yeah. that isn't actually fun <laughs> into something that's fun. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Cool. No, that sounds good. Yeah, I reckon we could get a good topic out of that. Cool. Plus our plus our first decisions on the live game. Yeah, that'd make a good episode. Yeah, the the, the game design thing. Uh, we'll have to speak about what where we start with that. Whether it's a uh, genre or theme, and you actually touched on that as well, Joe, in your article of of what what's the first step? Does it come from a theme, or does it? Mm-hmm. You very firmly came on down on the, on the theme side of thing rather than a setting, a sort of a rather yeah. than a sort of a, Literature uh, genre. Yeah, I think the theme's important. What the game's about is is the starting point, and then the backdrop to that can mm-hmm. can be any anything. But at the same time, if you've got a strong idea that you want to make a game about a certain setting, that can mm-hmm. be the theme. Then the theme of exploring that setting mm-hmm. in a very simulationist way. Yeah, or maybe but we should maybe we should look at. Environments first. If we're, if we're, wanting, if we're talking about making a game that we could play online, or maybe do live recordings of. Mm. Uh, so should we maybe maybe the first for the first bit of the games design, um, the games design first games design episode should be about the sort of things that are out there, and I could do a bit of research into what kind of what kind of options that are out there. Yeah, that'd be good. Sure, I'd yeah. find that interesting. Wow. Or is that due to do with the design? I suppose it affects the design of the game. It has to. Yeah. Uh, There's a constraint under which we have to. We would have to design the game as to what sort of facilities we have available to us. Mm-hmm. Yep. Yeah, okay. go for it. If you fancy doing that. Yep. Okay, I'll do some research on that and uh, talk about. Well, we'll talk about GMs versus GM list next time. Um, yeah. Cool. Right, so that's that's done then. We're. Thanks everyone for listening to Dice in the Design podcast. If you'd like to get in touch with us, uh, please do. Let us know somebody's listening and uh, tell us tell us what you like about it, what you don't, uh, or as we said before, tell us to stop if you want. That's that's fine. We'll take that on board. <laughs> and uh, absolutely, so you can get uh, Colin on at Gamer Colin. You can get. Uh, Joe on at Joe J Prince and you get me on Grant's at Grant Sensei uh, anything more to add guys? No, that's all that's thanks all. very much for See the chat time. Okay. Okay. Gaming, everyone. <laughs> enjoy your games guys have fun bye